Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I am Associate Editor Robert Luke of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. Thank you for joining me today, Jeff and Rob. I want to begin with more updates from a ever-growing drone industry. Earlier this week, there was a $500,000 investment from the Genius NY program, which is a public-private partnership that New York runs to track businesses uh, leading in drone technology and unmanned technologies, among other uh, emerging areas into central New York. Now, they awarded a number of contracts for $500,000 to help establish drone hubs operations uh, in the state and hopefully bringing them to the United States. Drone Hub, of course, is manufacturing a series of drone-in-the-box solutions, which includes a cargo drone variant. We we reached out for comment and haven't been able to hear back yet. We also saw this week the first flight of a new drone type from Phoenix Wings, their Orca drone. Uh, This first flight is exciting. This, This drone uh, is capable of vertical takeoff and landing that transitions into conventional flight once airborne uh, with a cruise speed of around 69 miles per hour, a payload volume of 96 liters, and a variable range in payload mass from heavy lift 15 kilograms at 60 kilometers to a one kilogram payload of 160 kilometer range. Truly exciting stuff that we hope to hear more from. I want to turn now to uh, Jeff Lee, editor of Cargo Facts, um, to give us a overview uh, for a market outlook for the conventional freighter types. What what's the uh, new Jeff? The uh, this Boeing World Air Cargo forecast, which they released this week. It seems like they um, have shifted some of their the the outlook and. Obviously, one major thing is that Asia, the Asia Pacific region is still going to be the the leader in terms of growth. But looking into the sub regions in Asia and the sub markets, Boeing says that the intra East Asia segment um, is now going to be showing the top growth with 5.7 percent per year going all the way to this is their 20 year forecast so from 2022 to 2041. Um, and that's slightly different from their previous uh, world air cargo forecast. And overall, they are now predicting um, a worldwide growth rate of 4.1% in terms of air cargo traffic. Um, and that's a tiny bit higher than the last forecast. Um, I will say on the intra-East Asia market, um, it is interesting, isn't it? Because we have seen quite a number of new players, um, as well as expanding fleets in this region. And by this region, I'm of course talking about um, various carriers in China, but also South Korea. We've seen, you know, Air in Chan adding more 737-800s. We've seen a new freighter operator in Jeju Air. Um, and in terms of China, we've seen JD now getting certified. We've seen Shandong Airlines getting 737-800 and Central Airlines um, 737-800. And notably, all of this growth 
um, not all, but a large part of this growth is being driven by 737-800 additions, which I find interesting. And then Boeing then moves on to talking about the free to fleet uh, and the growth they're predicting there, which actually we covered um, when we were at the Farnborough Air Show, didn't we? And basically they're, they're saying that by the end of 2041, the worldwide total free to fleet will grow to about um, 3,600 units. Um, and this is slightly higher than um, their outlook last year. Um, and one th major driver of this, apart from you know the usual e-commerce, is just the replacement demand for many of these older freighters that have been flying in the past two to three years, um, more than usual actually. And so in the near future, these will be uh, reaching retirement age. And, and by these, I mean, there's all sorts of 747 classics, MD-11s, um, and even some 747-400s. So uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, and they do go into a bit more detail in this World Air Cargo forecast. But um, basically, the message is that um, the market is still solid, um, and you know, in the long term, they, they're still pretty optimistic. Well, that's certainly interesting to hear. You mentioned replacement fleet, which reminds me, didn't we have an exclusive item earlier this week, Jim? That you did pick up on the the this segue that I kind of set myself up for. But <laughs> yes, um, we did have a, a, one major story this week, um, and that was, of course, Silkway West in Azerbaijan. Now, this is an extremely interesting carrier and this this development was was not unexpected but also just it's highly highly fascinating and so we had um silkway west join our triple seven and a350 freighter panel um last month in san diego and they were already saying that they they have plans um to replace the 747 400s uh, they've got seven at the moment, and they have the triple, the existing version of the triple seven on order. They have two A three fifties on order, and now they have two, at least two triple seven dash eights on order. And all of these large wide body additions are to replace their current production seven four seven four hundreds, and they they plan to start. Uh, removing those in two years time um, slowly um, I have to say but um, they say that by 2028 they will have removed all seven of their 747-400s but um, of course these new ones won't all have entered service yet for example the the A350s are going to start arriving in 2027 um, and they actually won't get their first it, um, current version triple seven um, until second half of next year, but by the end of it all, their fleet will only have five um, quad engine seven four seven dash eights. Then they'll have the the five triple uh, seven freighters and the A three fifties, and eventually the triple seven dash eight. But it is interesting, um, and I guess. 
this follows on from Cargo Lux, which recently finalized its order for 777-8s to replace its um, 747-400s. So, and I think uh, Brian Hermes Meyer at Boeing was hinting at this in San Diego. Um, basically, we will be seeing more of these uh, 747 operators uh, pick their replacement. But of course, we had Airbus on that panel as well, and Singapore Airlines uh, was the first to pick the A350 to replace 747-400. Um, so it just goes to show that both these types are very capable replacements um, for the 747-400. And so the this this competition and rivalry um, continues between Airbus and Boeing. Um, and we look forward to seeing more of these um, 747 operators, you know, pick a side. Uh, we'll be looking forward to see which side that they pick. Uh, and if you want to be the first to tell me, please uh, hit either of our in inboxes up. We love the exclusive. And thank you, Boeing uh, and Silkway, for trusting us this week. Uh, I want to refocus back to Asia. Robert, eyes like a hawk. There's news from the Asia Cargo Network. Absolutely, Andrew. Uh, thank you. But first, before we get into that, I do want to just uh, congratulate Silkway West for making those silky smooth transactions this week. They continue to be pioneers as they continue to modernize and upgrade their fleets uh, from the quad engine to the uh, options that they're moving forward with with both the Airbus and Boeing platforms. So congratulations to Wolfgang and Ali and the rest of the Silkway team. Guys, keep uh, making those uh, uh, game-changing decisions that you're doing. But yes, back to the flip side. You know, Andrew and uh, Jeff, there's a lot going on. And, you know, as much as people have some serious pessimi pessimistic outlooks on Boeing, uh, they're doing some very, very positive things, particularly in the conversion market, especially with our guys, Marco Isaac, over at the Asia Cargo Network and the rest of his group, recently agreeing to uh, partner with uh, Mena Cargo Aerospace. This is news breaking because Asia Cargo Network is firmly entrenched in the Malaysian and Indonesian markets and just have been covertly networking and building the framework for a partnership with this Middle Eastern group that only had one 737-300 freighter on their AOC, which they just recently incorporated. So to uh, make this land, uh, well, to make this groundbreaking agreement is monumental for this group that just continues to grow and make the right decisions. You know, they have escalated to the point where they've acquired the AOC for, for in exchange for a 49% stake in the, in the uh, Mana Air Cargo parent company. Uh, and in addition to solidifying that, they have turned around and guaranteed that they will add uh, at least an additional four aircraft by the second quarter, but rounded out to complete uh, the fleet to make it six aircraft strong, which will consist of uh, 737-800, Boeing conversion freighters. Again, now you're going back to the strength of Boeing continuing uh, with the conversions on the 800 platform. And they are now going to also add two 767-300 freighters to this fleet. Now that's just game changing because now you're looking at them not only just solidifying their presence in the Asian market, but they're going to cover multiple points in the Middle East, Africa, India, and various other parts of the Western Asian region. So now they've just expended their operational strength and arm of capability 
to just start hitting those critical areas. And this is this happens to be one area that is just growing tremendously uh, as far as air cargo network and direct route servicing is concerned. So kudos to Marco Isaac and the rest of the Asia Cargo Network team for that successful partnership. And also a sincere congratulations to Dr. Mohammed Juman and the Maine Aerospace uh, um, group that, that has partnered up with Asia for this uh, very exciting uh, growth outlook and uh, we'll look, we'll be keeping our eyes out to see how these guys continue to leave their footprint in the region. Also, as I reflect more on Boeing, uh, they have just recently been able to get two more conversions, particularly with Alaskan Airlines, who's going to be working with BBAM to lease two more 737-800 BCFs that will be slated for induction at the Copisa site down in San Jose. So, uh, from my understanding, they're scheduled to uh, bring these aircraft in for conversion uh, around 2023, and they should be ready to go by early 2024. So um, congratulations to the Alaskan Air Group over there. And uh, BBAM has also been busy at work as they have also secured some uh, additional aircraft for uh, WestJet, which is going to add more 737s. Now, the uh, particular item here is it's going to be a mix of 737 800 BCFs and SFs. Uh, what the exact number of the mixed fleet will be, we don't know, but it has been confirmed thanks to our uh, co-worker Ashley on the Air Cargo World side of the uh, publication for getting that scoop for us. Great work. Um, she's definitely given us the insight to know that they plan on increasing their fleet size to double digits, but they are expecting to have the first two aircraft hopefully ready and then fully operational by um, I, would, I believe it's March of 2023 as they work with Transport Canada to get their certification. So uh, we tip our hat to the WestJet family and uh, we look forward to seeing those aircraft go airborne real soon. So that is all that I have for this week. I'm going to turn it back over to you, Andrew, so we can uh, keep this podcast rolling. Well, I, I just wanted to close with, um, I even forgot to mention um, one other drone item and that was uh, dramatics. They have their black swan drone and they announced that they would be um, including a hydrogen powered variant. Now, this is another situation where we reached out and weren't able to get comments um, just yet, but um, that, that that company has certainly made a number of efforts um, to make their drones as sustainable as possible. Um, that company in particular, Drone Dynamics and their uh, black swan, um, there's, you mentioned Ashley before, um, there's a bunch of coverage on them available at aircargoworld.com. Um, and this is where I wanted to close by uh, uh, reaching out to our listeners and readers. Um, right now, with the drone space growing at such a precipitous rate, um, it, it, we're certainly at a, a crossroads to see how we could cover the best and greatest news in the industry and I would love to hear your thoughts on it um, as far as what you would like to see, where you would like to see it um, and uh, what your curiosities are. If you wanted to email me a writer, A-C-R-I-D-E-R at royalmedia.com about uh, drone info, I want to be able to make sure that um, are, everyone here wants to make sure that um, we are adjusting our contact accordingly. I also wanted um, to actually ask you, Andrew and mm -hmm. Rob, what you thought of all these drone names because, you know, Black Swan, um, Windtail Scorpion, the Regal, Orca, what, 
what's next? Also, what kind of like which is your favorite drone name? You know, that's a good question, Jeff. Um, there are so many out there, and they're very creative in their own right. Um, have I really had time to ponder over which is an ideally attractive one that just stuck out to me? No. So I guess I'll just kind of, you know, pull one out of the hat, so to speak. And I'll say for me, Nautilus. It's just something about that that just sounds so smooth to me. So I, I got to give credit to the name itself uh, because it's just, it just, it just, it captures my attention. That's the best way to describe it. It's very uh, simple to the point, but it's got like this uh, smooth because I don't get upset type rhythm to it. So yeah, Nautilus is definitely the one for me. I think you want to stay conventional um in the in the naming um is to not we're already talking about drones in the future it's a lot to wrap my head around so if i have to be researching some morse god to understand the origin of your drone name i'm going to be struggling there to conceptualize the drone in reality um, you prefer a drone that's called the ac 6871355 <laughs> no, not quite. It's, it's any any name is a great opportunity for marketing, and like we we can go on to the larger philosophical conversation for why Boeing has all of its uh, all of its names seven three seven four triple seven all around the, the the seven. So it's 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 a great opportunity for marketing. I'm just of a lazier taste. Uh, I can't wrap my head around something too. I, would, I wouldn't mind a drone um, that's named after a Norse god, unless one already exists. Um, but you know, like an Odin or like <laughs> Thor. How about okay. Captain America? Iron Man drone. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Radio flyer. Well, guess. I'll add to the e email list for, um, to send me your best drone names. And if we like them, we'll go ahead and read them on next week's episode. Um, but for now, uh, that's all the time we have for today. For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Join us again next time. Bye.